0: Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins, the podcast where we anticipate an experience with the Lord on each and every episode. Thank you so much for listening today, and my prayer is that you will be strengthened, encouraged, and challenged in your daily walk with the Lord as you listen. The primary purpose for this podcast is to be a source of inspirational truth that will awaken a deeper hunger within you for the fire of God to burn brighter and hotter in your life. Therefore, we have a responsibility to steward our walk with God and maintain His flame that He has ignited in our hearts. I am your host, Keith Collins, and I invite you to join me now as we explore biblical truths that will help us to maintain the flame of God upon the altar of our hearts. Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame this week. I'm Keith Collins, and I am blessed that you are listening and as always, I pray that what you hear will encourage you, that it will strengthen you, that it will bring you to a new level of hunger in the Lord, and that your life will never, ever be the same because of the truth of God's Word, as well as the power of the Holy Spirit. It's such an honor to be with you, and you know I really look forward to doing this week in and week out. Sometimes I just share my heart and some biblical truths like I'll do today. There are times whenever I will actually use a message from a setting where I preach, usually a church somewhere where I've preached and feel like that message is needed to be heard. And then there's time when I'll do some interviews and I have some interviews coming up in the next several weeks that I'm looking forward to. But but today I wanted to talk about something that that I believe is really near and dear to my heart as well as the hearts of anyone that considers himself to be a spiritual father or a spiritual mother. I believe that the ability to do what Matthew 28 tells us to do, the Great Commission, to make disciples of the nations is so important, especially in the hour that we live in. Now let me preface what I'm going to share today even before I read any scriptures by Simply saying that I'm convinced that if the church has fumbled the ball in any area, it is in the area of making disciples and also making disciples who in turn make disciples. This is the great commission. This is the commandment from the Lord that we would not just make converts, that we would not just create an environment that even brings people to conviction and repentance, as important and foundational as that is, but that we would also maintain an environment that produces sons and daughters of the Lord who live their lives unto Him, and their lives are fruitful for the work of the kingdom. So we've we've known how to do church, we've known how to give altar calls, we've even known how to move in the gifts of the Spirit. In a lot of charismatic Pentecostal settings, and these things are all so important, and I I love all those things. However, I am, um, I'll be honest with you, I'm convicted in my heart now that I am in my mid-50s that I must spend the rest of my life focusing on making disciples and that the generations that are on the earth right now, you know, the name of our ministry is Generation Impact Ministries. And the purpose for that name, I felt, whenever I called it that, was because the generations must be impacted by the truth of the gospel and by the call of God. So, so I want to talk to you about what it means to hand down a living legacy or a living godly heritage. It is one thing to be a great preacher, and I don't claim to be one. It's one thing to be a great author. It's one thing to be um, a church planter, a great missionary, um, a worship leader, someone who writes songs. Or, you know, I mean, there's, there's different things that people give their lives to, which are amazing. The Lord uses those things. But sometimes, or oftentimes, I believe people come to the end of their journey. And it could even be in the business world. They come to the end of their journey and all they have when it's over on this earth is what they've done themselves for the Lord. Again, that's important and God called them to do it. But I believe that a more biblical picture is the ability to raise up others or to impact the next generation with the glory of God, the love of God, the call of God. So I've spent, you know, over two decades now um pouring into students primarily young men and women that felt a call to the mission field a call to pastor maybe a call to, to to you know to serve in the area of music and worship and these type of things and it's been an incredible thing um to be a part of and i feel like that there's even more that i'm called to do as someone who's now been walking with the lord for over 35 years and and I want to talk about that today. What does it mean to leave a living legacy or a godly living heritage to the next generation? Let me just give you a brief story, and then I'll get into some, some other thoughts here today that I believe will encourage and bless you. I was radically born again on January the 24th of 1985 in the state of Florida, and that was January of '85. In June of 1985, I went to a Christian youth camp in a little town called North Wilkesboro, North Carolina, not too far from where I live now in Charlotte, about 75 miles from here. But at that camp, there was, or there were, I'm sorry, there were multiple churches that that showed up from different parts of the country. My church from Florida and our youth group. There was another church from West Virginia, the northern part of West Virginia. And my wife was actually with that church youth group, and it was at that youth camp that we met each other. Later that year, I bought a plane ticket from Tallahassee, Florida to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and my my wife and her sister picked me up at the airport there, and I met my future in-laws for the first time. And that encounter with them um, would prove to to be something that would become so foundational in my life, in my calling, in my passion for what the Lord has placed upon my heart to do. And over the years, as I was with them, we actually moved to the town they lived in. I actually helped serve in the church that they planted and worked with the youth and then also became like an associate pastor type person, co-pastor, with my my brother-in-law who was also foundational in my life but my wife's parents really poured into me what it meant to know Jesus not just how to preach not just how to to do ministry not just you know going through the motions of what it means to lead a service or give an altar call or all those things but but literally they they taught me what it meant to walk with Jesus so i watched their lives their their prayer lives the way that they treated one another, the way that they treated other people, the way that they led out in the work of the Lord. And I can say with the surety that I am who I am. Number one, as Paul said, by the grace of God. But I also know that they branded my heart. They They impacted my life in such a powerful way. And again, when I look back at them, I don't just see their talents and giftings. Of course, they had those. But what I see is their walk with Jesus. They instilled a deep hunger in me to know Jesus more and more and more, to, to give my life completely for the work of the gospel. This is what they, they put or instilled into me. And I, I, I would say that I think maybe we've been pretty good over the years at um, maybe teaching people how to do ministry, how to preach how to go to the intercession night, how to lead in worship, how to write a song. And again, the, the, it's not wrong to teach these things and people need to learn. And I understand that. But I think where we have failed and where we have fumbled the ball, so to speak, is that we have not taught people Jesus, if I could say it that way. In other words, we, we've we taught them about him. We've taught them a lot of the parameters that surround him we 've taught him we've taught people men and women, um, you know how to have a certain look, a certain sound, um, you know a certain decorum in other words there 's a lot of things that I could talk about here but but again, I think the crying need of this generation is to be able to instill a living legacy. What do I mean by that? I mean that that we are able to pour into others. Through our walk with God, there's a transference. And I don't mean something weird or, or spooky or flaky. But I mean that whenever people are around us, they can see that we are walking in a deep place of intimacy with Jesus. And as a result, our lives rub off on them. We don't just tell them, "Hey, this is the the seven steps to an effective prayer life." We don't just say, "Hey, read this book." You know, go read Ian Bounds or go read um, you know, different um um different ones that that wrote about prayer, John Hyde's life, and, and all these, these books are are valuable. And I've read them, you know, many, many times, Norman Grubb on prevailing prayer and all these great, great books, these great works on prayer and the life of prayer warriors. But listen, I can tell people to read that. And I've done that. I've, I've actually taught on a college level, um, on the subject of prayer and intercession. And I've, I've, I've dealt with Different points of prayer, different types of prayer, um, penitential prayers, you know, prayers of um, warfare, prayers, intercession prayer, I mean, all these types of things. And I've I've encouraged people to read um, books about prayer warriors and about the subject of prayer. And and I, I, I'm all about that. But listen, as great as that is, I don't believe there's anything greater than to actually take people into your prayer life and to invite them there and they see the glory of the Lord that's upon you because of your dedication to intimacy with Jesus through prayer. Now, this is what my in-laws taught me, um, J.B. and Arliss Murrow. They they taught me what it meant to walk with Jesus, not just to walk around him, not just to um, allow him to be present, but they taught me what it meant to actually if I could say it this way, take his hand and walk with him through a life of intimacy, through a life of prayer, and as a result, my heart was not just set ablaze one time, but I have been able to maintain a passion for the deeper things of christ I've been able to to sustain and by the grace of God it's not because I've done anything but it's because of the life that was portrayed or lived out before me, which something happened through that there was a transference and it brought me to a place to where I could never be satisfied with religion I could never be satisfied with going through the motions of just learning how to preach I could never be satisfied with just being a pastor or someone who travels around the world and preaches in evangelistic meetings as much as I love all those things no there's there's a deeper thing and I think Paul said it well when he said listen I want to know him I want to know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. I want to know him in, in in the power of the resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, even being made conformable unto his death. The the heart cry, the the passionate heart cry of the apostle Paul was that I may know. Christ. And this was even at his later years in life. He still has this theme that pulsates through him. And I believe effective disciples who make effective disciples are those that have the ability to create a hunger within those that are in our proximity, those that are a part of our lives, those that maybe are even a part of our ministry or our business or our family, our community, our our church. I mean, in other words, I think there should be something within us that is passed down to the next direct, I'm sorry, the next generation that is more than just learn Christian behavior pattern patterns. I believe that whenever we really know Jesus intimately, then we are effectively able to stir passion and hunger and even holy desperation in those that we are discipling, that there's always this cry. And I believe this should be the native cry of every child of God. That cry is, there's got to be more more of Jesus, more of his holiness, more of his mercy, more of his justice, more of his power, more of his healing. I mean, there's got to be more of him. There is no end to who he is. And whenever we effectively instill into the next generation, a walk with God, an intimate divine union with the King of Kings, then we awaken hunger within them. There's that old saying that fire begets fire, and I believe that. I have um I've been around people that are on fire for the Lord, and they they rub off on me. I I I want to be around these types of people. These people who don't walk in the fear of men, these people are who are not intimidated by the spirit of this world. these people who are a bold witness, whether it 's in the restaurant or the grocery store or the office building or the schoolhouse or the church or their own family, in other words, these people that walk in assurance and in boldness through intimacy with Jesus Christ. And they burn with an eternal passion that that cannot be turned off like a faucet. In other words, when we instill into the next generation a living legacy, the way that my in-laws instilled this into me, listen, this thing is like a river that runs and runs and runs. It's like Niagara Falls. It just keeps coming and coming and coming. And there is no stop to this passion, this hunger, this thirst for more of Jesus. Friend, this is, this is the need for the next generation. We can teach people how to plant churches. We can train people in leadership and motivational skills. and, And some of that might even have its place. And I'm not against some of that stuff. I believe it's good to teach things and we need to be trained in certain areas. But you can know all of that and not know Jesus, friend. You, you can you can be all of that and not be a disciple of Jesus Christ. You can be the greatest manager, the greatest orator, the the greatest business owner. You can be all of that but not be a true disciple of Jesus Christ who knows how to make disciples. My my heart's cry, "God awaken. Awaken a hunger for you in my life, in your life that we might be used of God to awaken a hunger in those that God has put in our lives to disciple. And let me, let me read some, some scripture to you this, this day that, that will go along with what I'm sharing here. Familiar passage, 1 Corinthians 11 in verse 1. Here the Apostle Paul says, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So there's this glorious invitation to do what I'm doing, Paul's saying. In other words, imitate me. Do what I'm doing as long as I am imitating Jesus. And I believe Paul was a man like you and I. He was made of flesh and blood like, like we are. You know what I'm saying? But he lived in such a way that he refused to allow his love for Jesus to dissipate. And if any man had an excuse to to do it, he he would have because of what he went through regarding persecution, suffering, on and on and on, eventual martyrdom by having his head cut off. But he, he, he was able to invite people to follow him. My question today is this, can we say that as Paul said it? Can we ask people to follow us because we're following Jesus? I'm not talking about Follow me to another homiletics class that you can learn to teach. You can learn to do expository or topical speaking, and those have their place. I've, I've taught on these classes, but but listen, I can teach people to do these things. I can teach people how to study the Bible. I can show them proper biblical hermeneutics and how to exegete Scripture, and and there's clear need for that. And I'm not against, believe me, I'm, I've lived a lot of my life with those things in view and with those things kind of being a part of my really daily, weekly life as a, as a professor in a Bible college, but I can do all those things and I can train people in all those areas, but never really lead them to an intimate experience with Jesus. You see my, my great passion, God, use my life, use my calling not to build a name or a ministry for myself, but Lord, use my life to awaken others, to awaken disciples. What do I mean? Those that are willing to lay their lives down for the gospel. Those that are willing to to give of their earthly wealth or substance in order to further the kingdom of God. Those that are willing willing to even go into places that are not safe to preach the gospel. And even as we see the the Antichrist tide coming against America like a tsunami right now, those that are willing to stand in the face of evil and call evil evil through an intimate encounter with Jesus Christ, those that are full of the Holy Spirit which brings about boldness and power and power in a generation that mocks God on a continual basis you see this generation must know the Jesus of our fathers and our mothers they they can't just know what God did listen I was honored and blessed to be a part of the Brownsville revival in Pensacola Florida and maybe you've heard different things about what happened there but from 1995 to 2000 there was a great outpouring after A couple of years of praying and seeking the face of God, that church experienced a divine visitation. Night after night, night after night, many people were radically touched, Repentance. Listen, I was on the prayer team, and many nights I would pray for leaders. And they would repent of of deep hidden sin as they wept and knew they had to make things right with God and with others. I mean, there was a deep work of God. The world showed up there. People from many many nations were there weekly at one point. And I remember I can't remember how many translators, but probably maybe a couple of dozen translators some nights, or maybe. Around that a dozen to a couple of dozen because so many different languages were spoken. And I mean, the world showed up there and people would come and they were impacted by the fire, the passion, the glory, and would go back to their churches or their cities or even their nations and would experience a deep Work of God. But listen to me. My desire is not to tell this next generation of disciples what God used to do alone. Thank God for what He did. We remember those days. But my friend, if God is still the God of the Browns revival from 1995 to 2000 today, that we need to walk in his glory, in his fire, in his love, in his holiness, in his passion today. And we must be a people who are able to instill even greater things than we saw then into others today where their passion for the things of God would be quickened and awakened in a supernatural way. Can you say to those that you're discipling, and I I believe everybody should be discipling someone if you've been in the kingdom even a year. Everyone should be, or maybe less. In other words, every one of us should be winning the lost and pouring our lives into them and taking them into our prayer time, taking them into the word of God, making sure they're connected to a local um, congregation, our family of believers that that love the word of God and that preach the gospel and that live in holiness and intimacy with the Lord. Every one of us should be a part of that type of dynamic. But can we say right now, follow me as I follow Christ? Or are there areas in our lives? where we have backslidden or become cold or maybe lukewarm. You see, I don't want to look back at what I used to be and wish I was there when I'm 90 years old. If the Lord allows me to live that long, but I, I want to burn. I, I've got, you know, I'm I'm in my mid fifties, about 53 almost. And, and I've got several years still, but listen, friend, I want to give the rest of my life, not just being a preacher, but, but being a disciple maker. I want to pour into others what it means to walk in intimacy with the Lord. Listen to Paul again in Second Timothy chapter 1, speaking to his spiritual son Timothy. He said, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Paul deeply loved his spiritual son, Timothy. Listen to what he said. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. And then he said, I am reminded of your sincere faith. In other words, your walk with God, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan the flame, fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. There's a picture here that we need to see today. And I'm going to close in just a few minutes. Um, This sincere faith, this... Legacy of intimacy, this legacy of walking with God that Timothy had in his life was bequeathed to him by his grandmother Lois and by his mother Eunice. Paul is saying, remember their walk with God. Remember who the Lord used, what the Lord used to birth you into your destiny, into the purposes of God for your life. Listen, I remember my in-laws. I remember those early days. I remember being made alive in Christ where one day I was in love with this world and the spirit of this age. And the next day, my heart was set ablaze for Jesus through a true born again experience. And at that point, God began to bring those that poured their lives into me and made me into a disciple And not just a convert. And I I just want to repeat. They instilled hunger. Desperation. Thirst. For intimacy with Jesus. And I, I have. I'm not going to tell you that every day has been easy. There have been times. When I have fought. Devils on every hand. But I am telling you this my friend. Because of what they were. Willing to instill into me. Because of their paradigm of disciple making I'm here today burning for Jesus more than ever before I'm here today with a passion to see revival in the church awakening in America and the nations I'm here with a desire I'll be teaching at a ministry school this coming week in Alabama Pour it into a group of students Man, my my heart is pulsating My heart is burning Not just to teach But to instill a walk with God Into those that will sit in that classroom setting And that's just one element of disciple making The greater element is follow me Walk with me as I walk with Jesus So this afternoon, um, this evening Maybe where you're at um, let Let me just share a few things Here that that I'll close with. Uh, Number one, the greatest impact that we can have on others is that of knowing God in an intimate way, not just knowing about Him. Listen, I I have a master's degree, have a bachelor's in business, master's in theology, got an associates in theology, and I've studied for several years. And I thank God for all of that. And, And I know a lot about God, and I've learned to to use resources and and you know study aids to to dig deeper into meanings of words and so forth and so on and and i love that i've done cultural studies and you know studying the first century and studying wedding customs and all these things and 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 jewish heritage and jewish i mean i love all these things but listen i can know all about that and not know jesus i my heart i'll continue to help in those areas and and be a, a tool From the Lord but listen my primary focus Is that I would instill Into others what it means To know God in a personal Intimate way number two we can teach Our natural and our spiritual children To do ministry however if we do Not impart into them a living example Of deep intimacy with the Lord Then we are guilty of imparting Learned behavior patterns Void of the experience of God Himself Leonard Ravenhill said Something like this I'm paraphrasing him Preaching is not a profession, but it's a passion. He might have said, I think the way it went is, if preaching becomes a profession and ceases to be a passion, then maybe you should quit preaching. So that's that's in, that's important, I believe, to hear. Number three, when deep is not calling that to deep, then we easily fall into the trap of doing good works, void of the secret place of intimacy with the Lord. Listen, the reason that we have failed in making disciples is because we've not been disciples. How How can we take people where, where we're not at ourselves or where we've never been. And you see, by the grace of God, God brought people into my life at an early age. But listen, at this stage in my life, I don't want to just know what happened to me. I want to make sure that I am providing a place of discipleship for all those that God has brought into my life and that I am looking for those that I can disciple. So the deep in you must be calling out to the deep of God to effectively impact the next generation. Just a couple more. Number four. It can become easy to compromise in our devotion life when we learn how to live the outward displays of the Christian life and to do the works of ministry. Ministry success can actually bring about a great deception. There's a lot of very successful churches, successful ministries on the exterior, but on the inside there's no passion. There's no righteousness. There's no prayer. There's no power. Listen, I I can learn to do production, and I can learn excellence. But I'm telling you something, without intimacy with Jesus, all that is is production and excellence. There's a lot of great corporations that have production and excellence, and that's what they do, and they do it well. But can I tell you something? The kingdom of God is much different, my friend. Thank God for production. Thank God for excellence. But without intimacy with Jesus Christ, at the end of the day, all we have is a corporate machine where Jesus is utilized to validate what we're doing, we must know Him and not just how to do things for Him or using His name to do things for Him. And number five, I'll close with this. When living as a Christian and or ministry becomes a pattern that is void of deep passion, then it can become stagnant and can lead to frustration and burnout. The only real place of joy and satisfaction is in knowing Jesus personally. And all the activity that surrounds him will never take the place of him. Let me close with this verse and I'm going to pray. Psalm 34:8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Father, I thank you, Lord, for truth. I thank you, God, for the keys of your kingdom are always found in intimacy with you. Father, awaken your heart within your people. I pray that those that are hearing this will be branded by fire today. I pray that they would never, ever be the same again. Lord, your kingdom come in their lives. Your will be done in their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. Listen, I want you to be blessed in the Lord, and my, my prayer week in and week out is, God, use this podcast to awaken hunger that the fire of God would be maintained in all of our hearts. So that is my passion. Listen, I ask you to visit our websites, keith-collins.org, or also ImpactGF, impactgf.org, org. And if you would love to be a support to us as we continue to to take the gospel throughout America, around the world, in many different ways, um, we would appreciate your prayers first of all. But to be a to become a partner with us, either a one time giver or one of our impact partners, you can go to our website and click on the give or the donate button, and you can. Share with us what the Lord puts on your heart to give. Thank you so much for being with us today. And I look forward to being back with you next week. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins. I want to ask you to please subscribe, rate, and write a review for this podcast on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you hunger for a greater passion for the Lord that will not dim or subside, then please subscribe and listen weekly to episodes that will encourage you in your walk with God. To learn more about my ministry, please go to keith-collins.org or impactgf.org.